What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to The Boochcast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again with a classic episode here. And just like the ones from the last two weeks, it is something that has been cut, edited, and remastered from the YouTube channel here to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And this week, we are doing the fourth season of Arrow. That's right season four is what we got for you this week and of course due to the fact that season five was done in video format there is a chance that we might not have a season five review for you guys next week although i have seen that spotify does support videos in some way i'm gonna learn more about that and see if i will in fact put the video version out on at least spotify but if i'm not able to do that or if it converts video to audio and obviously i can't have that Uh, because I want to keep the video views separate from the audio views. If I'm not able to get Season 5 of Arrow done in video format here on the Boochcast, what I will do is I will post a link to the video that Zach and I did on Facebook and Twitter for you guys to check out. And of course, if you're already subscribed to the YouTube channel, just go down the front page. We have a playlist that has the Arrow Season 5 right there for you to click, and you guys can check out the review of Season 5 next week. Now, of course, here on the podcast platforms and audio format we will have the remaining episodes season six seven and eight coming out in the next few weeks so anyway i just wanted to make that little announcement here right off the bat before we jump into season four all you're gonna hear is season four this week because obviously i'm not gonna put five and everything together like that since five is done in a video format so on that note i'm going to take a short break here and when i come back we will commence with season four of arrow here on on the Booch cast. So you guys sit tight. We shall return right after this.
Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. During the break, we played the song Genesis, which is a major component in the fourth season of Arrow. It is pretty much the overall emphasis for Damian Dark and his plan in this season. And that's about as much information as I can give without giving out too many um, spoilers. Although technically at the time that you're listening to this, season four of Arrow has long since been out. So pretty much all of you who are diehard Arrow fans probably already know about Genesis. But just in case there's any new Boochcast listeners, that are tuning into this episode, listening to this, and have no idea about Arrow or what's going on. I'm gonna not say anything else further about it and just let you all listen to this review. And that was Genesis here on the Boochcast. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we will now commence with season four of Arrow. So we get to the first episode, which is called Green Arrow. Uh, Diggle, Thea, and Laurel continue fighting crime in Starling City. Recently renamed Star City in honor of Ray, who, who apparently died in the explosion on the last episode of season three. The city's leadership, which includes Quentin, assembled to discuss a group of criminals named the Ghosts, who are terrorizing the city. Dark, revealed to be controlling the Ghosts, systematically begins assassinating the city's leadership, but fails to kill Quentin. Laurel and Thea convince Oliver, who was trying to propose to Felicity, to return and help them, which Diggle reluctantly approves. Oliver realized that Felicity has been helping the team, which tracks the ghost, where they witness Dark using some form of mystical energy manipulation. Oliver notices Thea's excessive aggressiveness. Working together, the team stops Dark's terrorist attack. Diggle deduces that Dark is leading high. Afterward, Oliver takes the name Green Arrow and broadcasts a message to the city vowing to be a beacon of hope, while Quentin is revealed to be working with Dark under duress. In flashbacks, Waller finds Oliver and forces him back on Leon Yu to assess a new threat. He is captured upon arrival. So right now we get to see here that Oliver was pretty much living the quiet life. Yes. He's in like a suburban neighborhood. They're like exchanging recipes and they're pretty much doing all this, the typical suburban bullshit. Yep. You know, and if they had kids, they'd be talking about diaper genies and routes to work and shit. You know, carpooling. Carpooling. And Oliver's about ready to propose to Felicity and they're happy. But now they're being forced to come back. Yes. And Felicity really wants to go. Oliver does not. Oliver really just wants to live the quiet life now. Yes. But he's been forced back. And what I love about this, the hypocrisy in this episode Mm -hmm. with Quentin. All the shit he gives Oliver. When he's working for the bad guy. And he's working for the bad guy. You, Mr. Queen, are not a hero. You are a villain. And all this terrorist stuff he says to him. And Mm -hmm. look what the fuck he's doing now. Yeah, you realize, wow, this guy's not perfect either. I fucking hate Quentin. I'm sorry. He's my least favorite character in this whole entire series. But anyway, of course, Damien Dark comes into play, which I gotta be honest with you guys, Zach hasn't shut up about Damien Dark for weeks. He's been waiting to talk about Damien Dark. This is his crowning moment now. We need to talk about Damien Dark. But I do have one clip from the first episode that I will play right now. And this is Oliver giving his statements about officially becoming now the Green Arrow. Captain, new problem. Seriously? Someone's hacked into the emergency broadcast system. They've taken over all the networks. Six months ago, the Arrow died. But what he stood for did it. It lived on, and the heroes took up his mantle. People who believe that this city should never descend into hopelessness. Who believe, although light is full of darkness, that darkness can be defeated by light. 
and tonight, I am declaring my intention to stand with them. To fight for this city. To be the symbol of hope that the arrow never was. I am the Green Arrow. And with that speech, which I thought very well done. Very well. This is the moment where now Oliver is officially making his transition. Where now I'm no longer the guy who's writing my father's wrongs. Yes. I'm now going to actually be a hero. Yes. I'm now interested in saving lives rather than avenging my father. Yes. Which I gotta be honest, didn't that kind of defeat the purpose of this whole show? Of the whole show? Yes, he was there to take out the people who destroyed the city. Instead, either he's given them another chance, which some of them don't deserve. Well, the thing is this, he yeah. was trying to get them to right the wrongs, and then if they didn't right the wrongs, then he killed them. There you go. But there were some people who did exactly what Arrow said, and they lived. And some people didn't do what Arrow said. And they died. Yeah. The difference is now he's going to become more of a Batman type where I don't kill. Yeah, Arrow says, Batman kills. No, I don't. Uh, it, de- it depends on the series. There's been some series where Batman... is going to have a choice. Yeah. You know, well, that's the thing about the... Is that you got to find that happy middle ground where at some point you do have to do this. Because some people just are never going to change. And that's a lesson, unfortunately, that Arrow has to learn. Because at some point, you know, they get mad at him over the killing. And then he decides not to kill anymore. And then they get mad that he's not killing people. That's like saying, you drink too much. Then the guy quits drinking. He goes, you're no fun. Like, because I'm not drinking anymore, you asshole. (laughs) The fuck did we just talk about? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's dumb as hell. There's a price that comes with everything. Like, I'll be honest. I would rather you be sober and boring. (laughs) I like sober boring you more than drunk you. Nobody likes a sober boring me because I'm not an asshole and I'm sober boring me. And it's a joke because you're not boring either way. I'm not. No, it's just when you're sober, you're easier to calm down when you get too crazy. So on that note, we're going to move on to episode two, The Candidate. The Candidate. The Queen family friend, Jessica Danforth, decides to run for mayor. During her announcement, she's attacked by Lonnie McKinn, an anarchist for hire working for Dark. Thea's aggressive behavior forces Oliver to reveal to her the warning Malcolm Merlin gave him before he put Thea in the Lazarus pit. Diggle tells Laura about Hyde. The team successfully stops Mackin, but Thea sets him on fire in the process. Later, Mackin escapes police custody. Laurel decides to take Thea back to Nanda Parbat, both to find a way to stop the aggression and to bring Sarah's body to the pit. Oliver decides to run for mayor after Jessica backs out of the race. Meanwhile, Felicity takes over for Ray at the company and takes an operative named Curtis Holt to find a way to save the financial crisis. In flashbacks, Oliver kills a soldier and is tasked by Waller to infiltrate the local military operation run by an officer named Ryder. Ryder decides to recruit Oliver for his cause instead of killing him. Because the warning was about, you know, the Lazarus pit was meant to heal wounds and... Yeah, but it makes the person... But it makes the person angry and aggressive. Very angry and aggressive. And what Laurel wants to know is, mm. can it bring back the dead? Mm, yes. Because they're thinking about bringing Sarah's body back, which Malcolm already says, first of all, bad idea. Yes. Second of all, she's been dead for so long, it might be too late. Like, if it's an immediate death, they might be able to help, but if, it, yes. if too much time goes by, there's no guarantee it can work. True. But that's what the Lazarus Pit's meant to do. And of course, Felicity ends up taking over as CEO of Ray's company. Yes. And she finds the awkward moment of she has to A, run a company, and B, she finds out that a lot of people are being let go for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. And Curtis was, was trying to use an algorithm to help save money. 
and not get rid of jobs. But instead, they use the algorithm to fire people. Yes. So Felicity was stuck with that awkward moment where she has to fire somebody and you can just see the tears in her eyes. Yes. That's why that's a hard job to have. And I learned this when I was a cumulus. When Eric Von Hessler was fired, yes. right around the time he got fired, a new HR guy had already been hired. This is the thing you need to know about companies. If they hire a new human resources person, it means some people are getting fired. Yes. Because here's why. It's easy for someone who's brand new to tell somebody they've been let go. It would be like, let's say I'm an HR guy. Mm -hmm. You work at this company. Mm -hmm. I've seen you, I know you, we're friends and everything. I have to sit you down and say you're being let go. That's going to be the most awkward conversation you and I would ever have. Yep. Because I got to tell you being let go. You got to talk about how I don't have money. I'm not going to pay rent, my family, whatever. And I have to sit there and go, I know I don't want to do this. It's emotional. It gets emotional for people. So with the new HR guy, he can just say, look, you're being let go. And he has no shame because he don't know you. So that's really what it does. It's to, it's to make the firings painless. Felicity has too much of a heart of gold to take any kind of joy in that. Yeah. And the thing is, most people think they're heartless when they do it. The truth is they have to be. Yes. Because that can wear on you. It's like doctors. Mm. Like if you like, like I learned from watching the show Scrubs mm -hmm. that you know a lot of times doctors are hard asses or they're very quick to the point and they don't show a lot of emotion when they're working on people. And it's because they know that there are some cases where patients die in a hospital. Yeah. And if you let that wear on you, it will destroy you as a doctor. So you gotta have that moment of I'm sorry and that moment because that's how they're able to continue working. It's not that they don't care, it's just they can't afford to. Because you're not going to have time to cry over a patient's death because within the next couple minutes, there could be another flat line. Mm -hmm. And you got to be ready to take care of that and make sure that one doesn't die on you. So it's an awkward situation for anybody, but that's what we notice in this. And of course, they try to go to Nanda Parbat to find the answer. Which brings us to episode three, Restoration. Laurel and Thea arrive in Nanda Parbat and request Malcolm to use the Lazarus pit for Sarah. He initially refuses and tells Thea that she needs to kill some people once in a while to suppress the lust. So she basically has a bloodlust. Mm -hmm. So basically she has to kill people yes. to calm that down. In order to appease her, he eventually agrees to revive Sarah. When Sarah returns feral, Nissa destroys the Lazarus pit in retaliation and Malcolm has her imprisoned. Meanwhile, an Argus operative delivers Diggle information on a hive operative, Mina Fayad. Fayad meets with Dark about the growing issue with the vigilantes in Star City. She brings in a metahuman named Jeremy Tell, who can turn his playing card tattoos into physical projectiles. After Tell's initial failure, Dark kills Fayad for challenging him. Felicity reveals to Curtis that she is aiding Green Arrow. Diggle and Oliver team up and take down Tell, who refuses to talk because of fearing Dark more. He is imprisoned in Iron Heights. In flashback, in order to impress his handler, Oliver uses torture techniques to interrogate the prisoners who are being used to harvest heroin-cocaine hybrid plants. He secretly frees a woman. Basically lets her go. Yes. Basically does it with like, you know, running really fast. This guy gets tripped on a landmine and explodes. And then he says that you got away. And then he finds some way to like, you know, make it seem like she did in fact escape. So obviously Nyssa is destroying the Lazarus pit. Yes. So now that Lazarus pit can never be used again. That means that any resurrection or healing from wounds that you had, you're now fucked. Not my fault. You're totally fucked. But, but Sarah comes back from the dead and she's basically like Gollum. Blech. 
She still looks hot, but she's like, ah, ah, it's, like it's like some hills have eyes shit. Like, ah, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. She basically uh, cannot speak or anything, and it drives everyone crazy. And ultimately, what's interesting is that Diggle and Oliver are now working together again, but Diggle still has not fully forgiven Oliver for his actions as the Al-Sahim. Because mm-hmm. at one point, he actually kidnapped his wife and Oliver's now basically trying to earn Diggle's trust back so you see that ongoing tension between them yes that's why Diggle is reluctant to want Oliver back on the team and it's causing a lot of issues it's causing a lot of problems and Damien Dark and I gotta say this the actor who's playing Damien Dark yeah I love this guy yeah I've seen him in tons of movies he's very talented yes he is and I just love the fact that like he said like you know he challenges him and he like he throws a card at him and, and, and Dark just goes mm-hmm. turns the card around just boom kills the guy Boom. Dark's like, I don't take no shit. Pretty badass. I like this guy. And on that note, we move on to episode four here, which is Beyond Redemption. Quentin has Oliver look into the death of two police officers, and the team discovers they were killed by members of the Anti-Vigilante Task Force. Laurel brings Quentin to see Sarah, who is chained up in the basement of Laurel's apartment. Felicity identifies Liza Warner as a suspect, and while searching for her, Oliver discovers Quentin meeting with Dark and confronts Quentin, who reveals that Dark threatened to kill Laurel. Dark advises Quentin to kill Sarah, but Laurel dissuades him. Oliver and his team take out the corrupt officers before Liza attempts to kill Oliver, but Quentin convinces her to surrender. Later, Oliver asks Quentin to spy on Dark. Oliver announces his candidacy. Felicity opens an audio of Ray's apparel final moments, and Laurel discovers that Sarah has escaped. In flashbacks, Oliver gets Tyena, the woman, to a cave and convinces Officer Conklin of her death, but he discovers Oliver's communication device with Waller. Uh, so now Oliver's in an awkward situation where he now has to find his way out of this lie now. Yes. Because luckily, a uh, writer finds Oliver very useful. True. So he's willing to believe just about anything to make sure he doesn't have to kill him, which is always important to have that advantage in your back pocket. And of course, this is another example of the corrupt officers that are basically now, they're making money on the side for themselves. And basically, they weren't supposed to kill the cops. But one guy had an itchy trigger finger because they're trying to explain, like, look, we're not trying to be robbers. We're just trying to make extra money for our families, mm-hmm. which they're technically you are still robbing. So it's not like this, but they're basically saying that we're, we're doing criminal acts, but we're not supposed to have act like criminals. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to get this stuff, sell it, take the money. Go for your families. We're not doing this to be rich millionaires. <laughs> Which you'll notice this is about a lot of drug dealers. That Most of them, that's really what they're doing. Not all of them are trying to be Scarface. Mm. Some of them are just trying to make enough money to put food on their goddamn table. That's really what it is. So that's usually that blurry line that the law mostly has a hard time understanding. And Quentin is realizing that, you know, not everything's as clear and crystal and black and white as he's made it out to be. And then we got episode five, Haunted. I'll do this. All right, go ahead. In flashbacks, Raider dismiss, uh, dismisses Corbin's accusation. Instead, he juices them to a recent captive named John Constantine, who escapes and forces Oliver to help him locate a mystical object on the island. Afterwards, John warns Oliver to be wary of Raider's uh, real plans and uses the object to cast a spell on Oliver. In the present, Oliver's fellow strategist, Alex Davis, advises him to stay away from Laura or the campaign, but Oliver does not. Sarah starts killing women, and Oliver discovers she is alive. The team realizes as Sarah is looking for Thea and plans to kill her. They capture Sarah and Oliver contacts John who restores Sarah's soul. Meanwhile, Dark gives Quit a new test to install a computer virus in the security company. 
Diego goes along and sees his brother name along the list of individuals being deleted by the virus. Later, Felicity and Curtis learn that Ray is still alive, and Diego learns that his brother was killed because he was a drug cartel leader. And that's the awkward moment. Diego realizes his brother was a criminal the whole time, yes. and that's why Deadshot was hired to take him out. There's another interesting scenario there. And then, of course, you got um, now Alex Davis, who becomes the campaign manager, yes. you know, trying to make sure because he knows that the family's had some issues. But Oliver's like, I'm not going to shelter my friends just for a campaign. Sure. He says, I can work around this. Yes, Oliver, yes. Oliver, for all intents and purposes, is an amazing speaker. Yes, he is. Which was revealed when he gave the Green Arrow speech and later on in the show... <laughs> I have a clip of one of his latest speeches, and it's fucking amazing. True. So we know this about Oliver, that he is clearly very talented and will pretty much be very successful in this campaign. And then, of course, Dark has to get rid of the computer virus. Sarah's still alive, and the reason Sarah's looking for Thea is because Thea's the one who killed her. So I guess Sarah has to kill Thea in order to, I guess, become whole again. I don't know. And it was interesting about the guy who helps them with the soul, this guy John. John's the guy, Constantine, you know, he helps him with the mystical thing. And then Oliver brings John back because John and Oliver became friends on the island. Yes. So John says, yeah. So they form this circle around Sarah's unconscious body, Yes. which they finally got unconscious <laughs> after she was like, for all the time. And then eventually, I love it because he goes to another dimension and they fight all these bad guys Yes. to free Sarah. Mm-hmm. And then bring her soul back, and then she's resurrected, and now Sarah is normal again. Somewhat. Well, huh? normal in the sense that she's not my badass. We have to listen to that shit. Thank God. She's no longer a cave bitch. She's no longer quest for fire. Quest for fire. <laughs> okay. Doing lost souls. Lost souls, yeah, sorry. As Oliver works on his campaign, Felicity continues searching for Ray with the help of Curtis. Ray is able to send a new message, letting Felicity know that he survived the explosion because his suit successfully shrank him down to a small size, and that he is being held prisoner and where to find the schematics to build a device to return him to his normal size. In a second message, Felicity discovers that Dark is the one imprisoning Ray, hoping to get the technology from his suit. The team tracks Dark to his hideout, and with the device created by Curtis, they successfully save and restore Ray. Thea starts dating Alex, while Quentin and Donna start their own date. Dark orders tests a power source made by Ray's technology on a mystical board. Meanwhile, Sarah struggles with the bloodlust and decides to leave Star City to gain control. In flashbacks, Ryder sends Oliver on a search for another ancient ruin that is supposed to yield a gift for Ryder. Conklin has a worker turn on Oliver, who kills him, giving the former the opportunity to question Oliver's motives. So basically, this guy attacked him, mm -hmm. and Oliver had to kill him. Basically, from the trademark thing where he grabs his head like this, like he's doing a scorpion death drop, but instead of dropping him, just snaps the neck. Yes. Which is a trademark move of Oliver's. But unfortunately, we don't. We only see it in the flashbacks. We don't see it anymore because Oliver doesn't kill people. Mm. Although I wish that could be like somewhat his finisher if he ever became a wrestler. Like a scorpion death drop would probably be his finisher or something like that. Mm. I don't know. But yeah, so this is the key moments uh, in the episode is that, you know, Sarah is now realizing she's struggling with the bloodlust. And she leaves. She has to. She feels like she has to leave so she isn't killing innocent people. Exactly. And I also stop her trying to kill Thea, but end, end up killing her and made her call sister. Yeah. I mean, Fia is, is also, you know, she's having a hard time. While she's on the date with Alex, this guy, like, stalks them mm -hmm. or does something rude, and then she attacks him. But she attacks to the point where it's not cool anymore. Yeah. Sure. Like at yeah. first, like you beat him because he was taking her purse. Like, and it's like, all right, you got your purse back. Now you're just going too far. Yes. It's like, all right, all right, you made your points. Yes. 
You don't have to kill him. And I like the fact that Ray's suit strengths. I honestly thought that Ray was going to become like Ant Man. Yeah. When I saw that, mm-hmm. I instantly thought of Paul Rudd and his suit. That's still a good movie, though. I'm still shocked that Paul Rudd played a superhero. Yeah, same here. That's good. Yes, it I is. liked it. I need you to, I swear, I stopped stealing stuff. I need you to break in and steal something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Ant Man. Nah, just Ant Man. I was in prison for three years. I know how to punch. Okay. Doink. That's how you punch. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a fucking franchise. Yeah. All right. And then we move on to episode seven, seven, which is Brotherhood. While Ray refuses to return to Palmer Tech, Hive destroys money at for City Bank. John gives all our information that Hive murdered his brother Andy because he was a criminal rival. Dark tells Quentin about his knowledge of the latter's betrayal. The team heads to a lab where they are attacked by Dark's group, and John discovers that Andy is still alive. Working for Hive, John refuses to see Andy as anything more than a traitor unworthy of saving. The team finds out that Dark uses pills to control his operated minds, which would have been administrated to Andy. They locate him and arrest of Hives, assisted extracting Andy with help from Ray and John, who confronts Andy with documents which Andy confirms. After a counter with Dark, they learn that his power is to help cure his brother's permanently after Dark failed to drain her life force. In flashbacks, Corcoran, I can't spill, shut up, reveals that the worker <laughs> Alfred killed was counting uh, uh, his brother, diverting accusations from the former. However, Ryder finds the truth about a mythical object and has Alfred whipped Corcoran as punishment. Oliver later convinces his sister to help her find a map. Because, well, here's the thing. Oliver didn't know that was her brother when he killed her. Yes. He just knew there was a guy attacking him. Yes. To which I would reply, what would you have done? Someone's trying to kill you. You don't know the girl had a brother. Because if you'd have known in advance it was his brother, he probably could have stopped him. But because he didn't, Oliver was very quick to kill the son of a bitch. So now Andy's alive. Yes. That When I saw that, I was like, <clears throat> no. Because that means Deadshot never got the job done. Very true. Which means Deadshot missed. Which never happened. He never misses. He misses. And also, like, pulls out either. I don't. Oh, my God. That's a turn. And unfortunately, he died last season, so we can't get confirmation from Deadshot. You should have seen the look on Niggle's face before he saw Andy. Like, well, yeah. He's in a state of shock. We all were. And then they think that Andy could have had one of those pills that, you know, Dark is using to control people. True. And then Thea realizing that when he tries to steal Thea's soul, it backfires on because of the, the Lazarus pit. So yeah. they realize that might be a key to stopping Dark. So it looks like Thea might be the one to actually have to fight Dark and kill him. Because Thea's the only one that Dark can't do that shit to. Everybody else, he can that's kill them. Fuckers, bad as hell. Oh, it's you love Damien Dark. Uh, that's my favorite villain. Why is he your favorite villain? Because he's just a badass. My, okay, villains... My favorite villain of all time, hands down, you know, hands down, is the Joker. Damian Dark's probably number two. Yeah. Let's raise Dark Seed from my Superman. Yeah, very true. And on that note, uh, we're going to move on to the next episode here. This one is definitely one of Zach's favorites because it combines two shows he loves. Yes. Legends of Yesterday. Now, Malcolm orchestrates a meeting between Savage, Barry, and Oliver. Mm-hmm. Savage demands they turn over Kendra and Carter, or he will destroy both Central City and Star City with, with the staff of Horus. They devise a plan to deliver the pair as a ruse to get close enough to destroy the staff. The plan fails. Kendra and Carter are killed, and Savage uses the staff to destroy everyone else in the city. Barry escapes and runs fast enough to go back in time to this point of the original negotiation. Barry informs Oliver of his time travel and the mistakes that led to defeat. They change 
their approach to the plan, and Barry is able to steal the staff. He and Oliver use it on Strange, burning his body. Afterward, Kendra and Carter decide to use their powers to help others in another city. Cisco gives her a tracking device. Meanwhile, Oliver learns about his son, William, and accepts Samantha's condition not to tell William or anyone else about the paternity in order to be able to see William. Malcolm collects Savage's ashes, repeating the words Savage said the first time he killed the pair. Hmm. What makes this great is the fact that this combines the arrow and the flash. Yes. And Zach loves the flash. Yes, I do. And the this episode was a crossover. Basically, there was an episode called Legends of Today. And of course, you know, Oliver finding out about William, which we all know his mother paid Samantha to lie, say she had a miscarriage and leave town. Yes. And paid her like a million dollars. Yes. Which apparently she never used a check. But Oliver was heartbroken, not knowing that he had a son. And of course, you know, she's forcing him to keep this a secret in order to see his son. He's begging her, at least let me tell Felicity. I don't want to keep any more secrets from Felicity. But Samantha pretty much strong arms him into doing it. Mm -hmm. So this is the one time where Oliver is keeping a secret from Felicity, but doesn't want to. And then in Legends of Yesterday, she finds out about it at first, and it breaks them up. And then, but when Barry goes back in time, Felicity never finds out. True. And this is supposed to set up another episode. There's a third part to this. And it's called Legends of Tomorrow, which is an action-adventure television series that it's a spinoff from Arrow and the Flash, existing in the same fictional universe. And basically, everything that happened in Legends of Tomorrow was set up by these two episodes so that's the only reason i'm bringing them up right now is because they tie in so so this kind of took a detour from the arrow plot and brought him and the flash together for one episode and you notice that a lot with episodes on tv shows mm. there'll be one season that has an ongoing plot and then out of nowhere there'll be one or two episodes that have nothing to do with the plot and they're just random Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why they do that. Yeah, they do that a lot with these new shows. They like to break up the monotony a lot. And it's like, dude, this is not what I've been waiting a week for. <laughs> it's like, are they going to get together? And then next week it's a random episode where they're going Christmas shopping. It's like, God damn it. Are they going to get together? Don't make me wait another week, you fuckers. <laughs> fuckers. Fuckers. And uh, on that note, we move on to uh, episode nine, Dark Waters. This is where we get back on track. Yes, Dark Waters. Oliver's campaign starts to initiate to clean up Star City Bay. Dark sends a drone to the bay and begins shooting at students, helping injuring several. In response, Oliver reveals Dark to the media as the leader of Hive and the Ghost. In retaliation, Dark crashes Oliver's campaign holiday party and kidnaps John, Felicity, and Thea. Oliver makes contact and agrees to exchange himself for them. Dark tricks Oliver and attempts to kill them in front of him. Uh, Malcolm dresses as Green Arrow and Laura arrive and rescue everybody. Afterward, Oliver proposes to Felicity, who accepts. As they leave, Dark's men shoot up Oliver's limo, hit Felicity, while Dark reunites with his wife and daughter. Meanwhile, High Plan titled Genesis is built to include the mass growing of corn in a large field. And flashbacks, Oliver returns to the ship, the Asimo, requires the maps. However, Carcon finds Kiana alive and confronts Oliver. Yes. And basically, this is where, you know, if she hasn't found out already, she's about to, that Oliver killed her brother. Yes. Unknowingly, by the way. That's the thing we need to make clear. So, of course, this is when they shoot the limousine with Oliver and Felicity in it, and it looks like Felicity's dead. Yes. That's the way it's meant to look. Because Oliver was finally ready to be with Felicity. And again, he's keeping that secret about William and everything. And then, of course, Dark has Vanguard 1. No, it's just a regular drone. (laughs) Every time I see a drone, I think Vanguard 1. That's all I'm going to be thinking whenever I see a drone. Because it's just funny as hell. 
Yeah. So obviously get, you know, dark crashing the campaign holiday party, because obviously, you know, there's a lot riding on this election and everything. And dark really wants to stop Oliver because he knows that when Oliver becomes mayor, all of um, Damien Dark's plans are going down the drain. Now, keep in mind, he does not know yet that Oliver is the green arrow. At least I don't think he does. And on that note, we move on to the next episode here. Episode 10, Blood Debts. Blood Debts. While Felicity goes under multiple surgeries, Oliver and the team continue searching for Dark. Oliver turns to Quentin for information on Dark's location while John interrogates his brother Andy. They track down Dark's location but find only several dead ghost soldiers and an anarchy symbol, producing that Mac in his back and out for revenge against Dark. Machin is caught and Oliver interrogates him before freeing him to go after Dark, tracking him in the process. Andy reveals Dark's family house, where Machin goes to. The team arrives and saves Dark's family, but Machin escapes. Dark grants Oliver time to spend with his own family before Dark can kill him. Meanwhile, Felicity is left paralyzed from being shot. John regains his relationship with Andy. Dark's wife, Ruve, is revealed to be his accomplice, and Hive's plan is revealed to be destroying the world and rebuilding it. Some cult shit here. In flashbacks, Conklin presents this proof to Ryder, who allows the former to whip Oliver as punishment until Ryder notices the spell on Oliver's abdomen. In exchange for tying his safety, Oliver agrees to help Ryder. So basically, Felicity's now paralyzed. Yes. She's confined to a wheelchair. And Damien Dark, because his family was spared, agrees to spare Oliver's life. For now. For now. You know, you saved my family, so go spend time with your own family, and you and I will fight another day. Yes. Which does show that, is that even though Damien Dark's a fucked up guy, it shows that, there are, that some bad guys do have a little bit of remorse in them. Like, yeah. hey, you did save my family, so yeah. tonight you live. Tonight. It's like a code of honor in a war. Yeah. When you do certain things, you get your life spared temporarily. Yes. Or when you make exchanges. Like, for example, if you've ever seen The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Yeah. That scene where he goes and, and wants to order an exchange for men. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it was a setup. Yeah. But, but the point is, like, when he walked in, he walked into the base. He walked out of the base. Yes. And they said he has shown no aggression here. Hence, he cannot be touched. So that just shows the honor in which all of them have. It's like, we're going to let you go. And then, of course, um, you know, the mom is concerned as well. And there's one thing about the mom that we haven't mentioned yet that I want to go to real quick before we get to episode 11. How crazy is it that Felicity's mom is dating Quentin? I guess guys like him like dumb, ditzy women. But this is the thing you need to know about dumb, ditzy women. Hmm. They're dynamite in the bed. That's where their skills lie. True. It's like they... They're good at that. They're just not good at the other stuff, <laughs> like talking. But anyway, and then the next episode is AWOL. AWOL, episode 11, guys. Felicity returns home from the hospital, trying to figure out her place on the team, now that she is a paralegic. Argus, agent, seeks out John Elias for her sister, but is kidnapped before he can tell the pair anything. Yeah. The pair goes to Waller, who secretly gives her a portable hard drive that reveals the operative but taken by an organization known as Shadow Sphere. John recognizes the name and recounts his first encounter of the war partnering the group uh, in Afghanistan. With Andy's help, the team tracks uh, Shadow Spear. Uh, Oliver pressures Felicity to help, who has started having hallucinations of her hacker past self. Shadow Spear infiltrates Argus, looking for access code to a project known as Rubicon. Kill Waller when she frees to help. Oliver and the team, with Felicity's sisters, enter Argus to stop Shadow Spear. Oliver vows to look for a way to cure Felicity's paralysis, and, t- and John takes Andy to his house. In flashbacks, Reader is revealed as a leader of Shadow Spear. Yes. And here's the interesting thing about this scene 
is Waller. Was anybody really sad when she died? No. No. Like, no. they said, Waller has no regard for human life no, and will gladly not. sacrifice someone to keep her mouth shut. He goes, that's a shame. Boom. Uh, I gotta be honest, I was not sad when she got shot. And you notice that a lot of them didn't flinch either. And it's not just because they had guns pointed at their head. Like, no one gave a fuck about True. Waller because she was such a cunt. And yes, I can say that. Yes. I reserve it for really horrible people, and she's just a bad person. This is not the SEC. The FCC. No, it's not. Nope. This, but I'm just saying, usually I would just say bitch, but she's she's beyond bitch. That and, was about, that's in one of my other favorite episodes, so. Yes. Yeah. This was very good. Yeah. And then, of course, um, you know. Getting darker. And, yeah, and Felicity keeps saying that I can't find my place on the team now. I'm a paraplegic. Sit in front of the computer. That's what you always fucking do. Yeah. It's just that now when you're pissed off, you can't put your hand on your desk and stand up and get in Oliver's face. Yes. You just have to sit down and look at him and go, you're an asshole. When you're mad at him. <laughs> that's the difference. You're working at the computer. Yes. You don't need legs to operate a keyboard sure. what you should be concerned with is what kind of freaky sex shit can you do with oliver once you get married that should be your question because as oliver that's what i want to know yes like how is sex gonna work that's what i want to know True. Is it going to work? How is it going to be done? What are we going to do? Can you still have an orgasm if you're paralyzed? I don't know. How would you tell? Like, and I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm asking a legit question here. Mm-hmm. I would want to know that. If I had a girlfriend that was paralyzed, I would want to know. Do you still feel an orgasm? Like, would it matter? If you're a guy who sucks at giving orgasms, you may want to start dating paralyzed people. I don't know. I'm just saying you're moving the pot. I'm just saying. That's fucked up. It is. I'm, I'm from you. You need to apologize. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting off this topic now. Okay. And, uh, um, let's let's go to okay. And ironically, Unchained is the next episode. Read, read just read it. Okay, the, the team goes after a burglar, and Oliver and Thea manage to corner him. He escapes when Thea loses consciousness. Malcolm reveals to Oliver that since she has not taken a life, the bloodlust is killing her. Oliver finds out that the burglar is Roy. They free Roy from the control of a man who goes by the name Calculator. Felicity tracks the calculator through the web, reveals he intends to shut down the entire city, killing everyone in the process. The team manages to stop the plan. Meanwhile, Ruve enters the mayoral race, then Thea slips into a coma. The calculator is revealed to be Felicity's father, Noah Cutler. Roy decides to leave again. Nissa escapes her cell in Nanda Parbot, visits Tatsu, and somehow convinces her to give her a lotus, a cure for Thea's bloodlust. She demands Oliver to kill Malcolm in exchange for the lotus. In flashbacks, Ryder tortures Oliver for information on the maps he's acquired. Oliver has a mystical meeting with the soul of Shadow, who gives him a special stone, and he reveals to Taina that he killed her brother. Yes. That was awkward. That was awkward. <laughs> She's pissed off now. Very pissed off. And then, of course, Shadow does show up again, which is yes. kind of cool. I like Shadow. And then you find out that Felicity's father is the calculator. How do you have a name like the calculator? What's That's the not like something that would... called the pencil or the pen. It's, yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like, no, I'm the most evil villain of all. The standardized test. <laughs> <laughs> I determine your future, and I make no fucking sense at all. <laughs> if Jill buys three apples and Anna buys five, how long before the trains collide? What? I don't want to know. I don't either. All right. Well, anyway, we got he gets a special stone. Anyway, all that. So on that note, I just don't understand how the calculator, how that name works. But anyway, we're gonna move on to episode uh, thirteen here. Sins, Sins of the Father. 
Oliver refuses Lisa's offer. Instead, he manages to convince Malcolm and Raconish to control of the league through Nisa in exchange for the Lotus. After your exchange, Malcolm double-crosses Nisa, and a war starts between the two assassin factions in Star City. Oliver convinces Malcolm to challenge Nisa into a duel. Oliver uses the ancient rules to trade places with Nisa as her husband. The former beats Malcolm, but instead of killing him, cuts off his hand wearing the demon's head ring and exchanges his ring for the Lotus. However, Nisa disbands the league, destroys the ring. Malcolm informs Stark about Oliver's son, William. Meanwhile, Miller reveals to Lucy that he is the calculator, claiming to have changed him into a good person. He finds out that he is lying and turns him over to the police. In flashback, Tatiana takes a stone from Oliver, gives it to Reader, demanding her freedom, which Reader refuses to do, tracks her to help Oliver recover. She later reconciles with him. Uh, Raider informs Oliver that the stone led to the location of what he seeks, and they're going to AKA Dick. Yeah. So this one is definitely a compelling episode. It says, Sins of the Father, I like this because all Malcolm had to do was turn over the ring, but his yes. ego wouldn't let him do it. True. So he's pretty much letting Thea die. So this is the uh, moment this is, ego. this is the ego moment now where Malcolm is no longer part of the Alliance at this point. True. And then he turns on them and joins forces with Damian Dark. Yes. And brings Oliver's son, William, into the equation, which is not good at all. This not is good now, for uh, Oliver in any sort of way. Yeah. It's just now become even worse yes. for everyone involved. Yes. So now, not only that, you got the rival factions in Starling City, and now everything's going down. And then, of course, we have the duel. Now, the duel. I have a clip. You have a clip. This is the clip of Oliver and Malcolm and the duel for the ring. Yes. So, for your listening pleasure, here is the duel between Oliver Queen and Malcolm Merlin. one of your crazier ideas and that is a competitive field well sit tight i have a crazy one coming in deference to good taste we will forego the removal of shirts let us be finished with this charade as you wish of the league this woman is my wife it's your husband I wish to fight on her behalf I have never allowed anyone to fight my battles for me do you want to become Ross or do you want to die why are you doing this you told me yourself you can defeat Marla and if I am forced to choose between your life and his I'm a little disappointed, I must say. You're the one who put us in this position, Malcolm. Can I remind you the role you played in putting this ring on my finger? No, I remember. Tonight I correct that mistake. I can't believe it. You've grown even more foolish with experience. Three years! Let's finish this. This 
last chance, Malcolm. Kneel! Never. To end this, you must kill me. But you always knew that, Oliver. I didn't want us to end this way. Spare me your false sympathy. Just do it. So that's pretty much how the whole thing unfolded. But of course, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Oliver should have killed him. Yes. He needed to kill him. Okay. Especially when if he had killed him, Dark would have never known about William mm. and what's about to unfold would never have happened. True. But also Malcolm Merlin has proven he doesn't give a shit about anyone. True. He's obsessed with power. Right. He's one of those people that does not deserve justice. This don't deserve justice at all. It's for goddamn ridiculous that Oliver has been given this sudden attack of conscience, and it's from his stupid friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, he has a lot of stupid friends. But anyway, we got the next episode, Code of Silence. Code of Silence. Malcolm joins Dark, Rube, and the other leaders of Hive, and is revealed that they are moving on to phase five of their plan. Dark sends a group of missionaries known as the Demolition Team to take out Quentin, whom Laurel saves. With Curtis's help, Felicity realizes the Demolition Team is planning to destroy the building of the mayoral debate between Oliver and Rube, leaving her alive as a sympathetic survivor in politics that shit can work. Mm -hmm. Oliver and his team stop the mercenaries in time for Oliver to win the debate. Oliver and Felicity become engaged, and Curtis presents her a device that can cure her paralysis. Uh, Dark kidnaps William. Meanwhile, Thea finds out about William and supports Oliver's decision to hide from Felicity. Quentin tells Donna and his previous involvement with Dark. In flashbacks, in order to gain the approval of the prisoners, Oliver kills Conklin, who reveals that Ryder plans to kill all the prisoners after he finds his ultimate power. So obviously, Tyena, like we said before, reconciled with Oliver. She's now forgiven him. She now understands that, you know, yes, she killed her brother, but didn't know it was her brother. And he was being attacked. What the hell is he going to do? So what's interesting about this phase is the fact that Thea found out. Like, Oliver didn't, didn't go around telling everybody but Felicity. People just happen to find out on their own. Yes. And Oliver's swearing them all to secrecy because he doesn't want to lose the right to see his own son. Sure. You know, and it's one of those awkward moments. And, you know, Oliver's like saying, look, I'm not trying to get joint custody here. I just want to be able to spend time with my kid if I can. Yes. I think any father should deserve that right if they, mm -hmm. really, if they really want it. 
Sure. If they don't want it, then don't worry about it then. But I'm just saying, one of those all, those cases, I don't see a real problem with it. And of course, they're bringing in the demolition team. And now we know that this is another one of those, we're going to cleanse the world cult shit is starting to come up. Yep. And on that note, yes. yeah, episode 15 here, which is Taken. Love this title. Damien Dark, I will find you and I will kill you. Yeah, you're going to have a hard time doing it, though. And then take this box of tricks back to my apartment. On that note. <laughs> Dark demands Oliver withdraw from the mail race in exchange for William. Oliver reveals the truth about William to the rest of the team while revealing his alter ego to Samantha. He asks a Detroit-based vigilante named Marie McCabe for help as her powers are derived from magic. Magic! Murray tracks William's location, but they fail to rescue him. Oliver withdraws from the race while the team discovers the root of Dark's power and sets a plan to destroy his mystical idol. The plan works. Dark is left powerless and arrested, while William is saved. They also discover that Malcolm was the one who kidnapped William. Oh, shit. Later, Oliver sends William his mother away for safety, planning to reveal the truth to William when he's 18. Felicity decides to break up with Oliver while she recovers her ability to walk. In flashback, a passage discovered that leads to Ryder's ultimate power, and the spell in Oliver's stomach allows him to pass unharmed. I, I, got, I got two words I want to say right now in regards to this episode. Fuck Felicity. Mm -hmm. Really? Really? Am I the only one who thinks she's wrong? No, you're not the only person. I think she's wrong. How messed up is that? He's like, I can't believe you were lying to me. Bitch. I had to keep the secret or she wouldn't let me see my son. And Samantha even said, I forced him to do it. He wanted to tell you. Yes. So why did I still break up? <laughs> There's no continuity there. At that point, Felicity's a bitch. Bitch. That does... No, there's no justification there. If they had cut out all that other crap and Felicity just said, I'm done and walked out and didn't hear the explanation, mm -hmm. then there'd at least be a story. Yeah. Then at some point, Felicity could find out the real thing, come back to Oliver, say, I'm sorry, I love you, and then they get married. Yeah. And I will say, this is the cool part. You know, I hate this whole scene. As they're breaking up, she gets out of the chair and still walks out the fucking door. <laughs> Usually a moment like that's supposed to make you forget the petty stuff and you're just happy that you can walk and they move on. Yes. It's like, what the fuck? Who wrote this episode? Oh, wait, no, wait, no, wait. I know who wrote this episode. Gregory Smith, Mark Guggenheim, Ketso Shimizu, and Brian Ford Sullivan. The fuck is wrong with you people? How did this make any sense in your mind? Were you taking large amounts of LSD when you wrote this fucking episode? Gregory, how did you allow this to get on TV? Stop ranting. You know what? what? I'll just play the clip. Play the clip. There's a clip at the end where Oliver leads a message for William. Mm -hmm. Because he knows he's going to see William someday, but not right away because he knows he's not safe. So this is the emotional message that Oliver leads for what it's like a video message that he's supposed to see when he's older and can understand. Okay. More. So here's the message. Okay. Hi, William. I hope you're well. And I hope you're safe. There's something that I, I want to tell you. I wanted to tell you before, but... This is better. I'm your father. Biologically, that is. As far as really being your father goes, I haven't earned that yet. Father should be there for his child every day, no matter what, to make sure that they feel loved, that they feel safe, and a child should be able to rely on their father and go to him for, 
for guidance and reassurance. I have failed to do that for you. And now I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I'm the Green Arrow. And my life is very dangerous, which is why we decided to keep you out of it for all of these years. What happened to you in Star City? That was my fault. And I can't allow anything like that to happen ever again. And that's why I've asked your mother to move you far away. And to not tell anyone where she's taking you. Including me. It's also why I asked her to wait to show you this message until after your 18th birthday. I wanted to give you a real childhood. I wanted to give you that gift. Goodbye, son. I sure hope it's not forever. So obviously that it's an emotional, heartfelt moment. Yeah. And as soon as he finishes that video, that's the moment when Felicity dropped the bombshell that she was bringing out with him. So pretty much everything just goes to shit in that moment. Yes, it does. So on that note, we are going to move on to episode 16, which is properly titled Broken Hearts. Broken Hearts. Carrie Cutter, Cupid. Cupid. Returns to Star City and begins targeting high-profile couples. While the team works to track her whereabouts and prevent any more killings, Laurel works on Dark's prosecution. With several failed attempts to find a suitable witness, Quentin testifies to his involvement. The team discovers that Carrie is targeting couples that have recently been married in order to draw her out. Oliver convinces Felicity to stage a secret wedding with him to set themselves up as targets, intentionally leaking the information to the media. The plan works, and Carrie attacks Oliver and Felicity at the ceremony. Felicity distracts her long enough for Diggle and Thea to apprehend her. Dark's bail is denied and he is remanded into custody. Quentin is suspended pending an investigation while Felicity quits the team for good. In custody, Dark is shown wearing a mystical ring he secretly carried inside. In flashbacks, Oliver leads Ryder to a mystical idol, but steals it and runs off into the tunnels with Tyena. The pair incapacitate two mercenaries and acquire their guns. Mm. So, lots going on in this episode. And yes. what's interesting is that Quentin puts everything on the line. Yes. And admits to his involvement with Damien Dark. Very true. And, and of course, Quentin gives the most valid answer he can when people say, how do we know you're not lying? He said, why would I risk my entire job and my life and my career for a lie? Which was good enough for the judge. So Quentin is obviously suspended pending the investigation. Basically, when the investigation's over, he would be reinstated or locked up as an accomplice. And Quentin's willing to take that risk because he knows he cannot let Damien Dark continue to run free. Yes. Especially when Quentin was their best chance at getting Damien locked up because he has a strong legal team and is clearly able to influence a lot of people. And then, of course, Felicity quits the team for good, which we all know that never works out very well. Nope. And then, of course, they have the secret wedding. And I want to be honest with you guys. I've got a clip of the wedding right here. This is the wedding with um, Felicity and Oliver. And I got to say this. You can see in this, this is obviously Oliver looking for his last chance at getting Felicity to really want to marry him, for real. Yes. And here is the wedding vow moment. 
position. I'm in position. There's no psychopaths here other than paparazzi. Tapped into the security cameras, all clear. Everything okay? Yes. to assure you I won't breathe a word of what goes on here to the press. Just thrilled to be part of your day. Can we get this over with? Mm. <laughs> Can't wait to be married to this guy. <laughs> In that case, I know you've written your own vows. Felicity. The vows? Yeah. Okay. Um, Oliver, you have many qualities. Many astonishing qualities, and I, for one, cannot wait to move on to the next chapter. All right. Oliver. Felicity. Before I met you, I had a plan. I had a way that I was going to be. Then you walked into my life. All right? I showed up here. gift registry was an explosion that would bring down this whole building on your list
And obviously this leads to another speech, which I don't have a clip for where Felicity really goes in and when the way they present it, you think that Felicity wanted to get back together with all of the emotions yeah. she showed about talking about love and everything. And of course, Cupid gets brought down and arrested and everything works out great, except for the fact that Oliver and Felicity do not get back together. Yep. which is a bit of a sad moment there. And we are on episode 17, and this one's called Beacon of Hope. Beacon of Hope. Brie Larvin orchestrates her release from prison, travels to Star City in search of the biomechanical chip that helps Felicity walk. Brie attacks Palmer Tech, holding the board hostage until Felicity turns herself over. Curtis tracks down Oliver's hideout, discovering a secret in the process that he can offer his help to save Felicity, Donna, and Fia. Oliver's stunned by one of Brie's robotic bees. Curtis realizes this thing actually implanted a bee within Oliver that is replicating itself. Laurel uses a canary cry to save Oliver. Felicity is able to evacuate the board members while Brie reveals she's after the chip because she has a tumor that is going to leave her paralyzed and she wants that chip so she can walk again. Uh, Curtis develops a virus to shut down the bees and uses them to stop Brie. Meanwhile, Malcolm visits Dark and informs him that Hive is proceeding with Genesis without the latter, who later gains the loyalty of Michael Amar. Uh, Andy is revealed to be still allegiant to Dark. In flashbacks, Oliver engages Ryder, whose powers from the idol dwindle, and the latter escapes into the tunnels to recover it. Oliver and Tyena decide to save the prisoners instead. So instead of saving themselves, they go back to help the prisoners and then take care of everything there. Yes. So basically, in this episode, by this point, Oliver and Diggle have already made peace. We should probably uh, make that clear. Mm -hmm. Oliver's and Diggle's trust and forgiveness. So everything here pretty much goes back to normal, at least in their eyes, until they have to go through this whole uh, scenario. And of course, it's great to see um you know a new character with a new you know concept with killer robotic bees bees are terrible on their own but the bees are robotic and the fact that when they sting you, are even worse but now you got the bee that stings you but now it's a bee inside your body and it's replicating which basically means there's multiple bees now inside your body that are internally going to fucking kill you so don't, if you ever date this broad somebody like this broad she has that way to do things don't cheat on her Oh, yeah. She pretty much is wearing the pant in that relationship because <laughs> no one's going to cross her. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Very like, crazy. That's why I could never date her because I would, I would be so submissive. I'm afraid, like, you know, the one day I forget to do the dishes. It's like, it's the fucking dishes. What the hell? And then on that note, I have a clip from 17. Okay. This is a training segment between all the members of Team Arrow. Okay. Oliver, Thea, Diggle, everybody. I think even Sarah might be in it. I don't know. Okay. But this is the team training, and I just found this kind of funny. Yep. Just because you can't see me doesn't mean I'm not there. You gotta sense my presence even when I'm not in your eye line. What advice would you give to me? You or me. You're getting tired, you're dropping your shoulder, and you're opening yourself up. So you took your morning run from six miles to what? Maybe two? Uh, yeah, well, taking care of a toddler is a marathon in itself. Right, but when you sacrifice your endurance, you're losing steam too early in our sessions. Let's go again. Oh, pass. I keep on running out of excuses for all my new bruises, and they're from you, not bad guys. The streets have gone quiet since we took Dark off the board. This organization hasn't been. Hive is still out there. Yeah, and when they rear their head, we'll take care of them, but we have to celebrate our victories. If we don't, we forget what we're fighting for.
You made some good point. Very good point. Every now and then you gotta celebrate your victories a little bit. Yep. You know, and that's great. You know, Oliver's yes. one of those people that's like train, 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 train. It's like, dude, let's take a second to be happy with how we did it. Yes. Then we'll get back to the training and shit. Mm-hmm. So I just like that team arrow training segment. That was really funny. Yes. Like, what do you got for me? Your shoulders low, you're opening yourself up and you're moving a little slow. Mm-hmm. And then just taking everybody out. Like Oliver's amazing. And then we got episode 18, which is entitled 1159. Andy tells John that he was approached by Malcolm about a plan to break dark out of prison. Oliver and John foil Hire's plan, but it turned out to be a ruse designed to let Malcolm and his loyal assassins invade the bunker and steal Dark's idol. Malcolm delivers the idol to Dark, who finds out that it is incomplete. John reveals to Andy that he personally hid the missing piece in another location. Oliver becomes suspicious of Andy. Dark and Amar orchestrate a prison riot, and the team sets out to stop him with Andy joining him. However, when the team reaches Dark, Andy turns on them and gives Dark the missing piece to his idol. With his powers restored, Dark subdues the team and stabs Laurel before escaping with Malcolm, Andy, and tens of other inmates. Laurel later dies at the hospital. In flashbacks, Oliver and Taina help the prisoners escape and set up a bomb to bury Ryder in the tunnels. Ryder kills his two accompanying mercenaries in order to survive by the idol. His death makes him stronger. So basically, now we find out that Andy is in fact a bad guy. Yes. That's the awkward moment because Diggle and Oliver argue the whole time because now Oliver's starting to become suspicious of Andy. Yes. And then Diggle's not listening and then realizes he's wrong as Andy turns on everybody, Mm -hmm. which is the most awkward moment in the whole entire thing. Very awkward. And then, of course, at the end, the shocking thing we never thought would happen, Laurel is dead. (sighs) I like her. And here's the worst part. She got killed by... Not, not, Not just that. Nyssa destroyed Lazarus Pit. So Laurel can't come back. Laurel is officially dead, and I guess she's now... If we do see Laurel again, it's going to be in flashbacks and shit like that. Yep. So I'm I'm sure the actress that plays Laurel, don't know her name, uh, she will probably get still be part of the Arrow franchise in some capacity. But as far as her being physical and in the present, that ain't happening. Unless Nyssa can fix the Lazarus pit and find somebody to bring her back, but I doubt it. And then, of course, uh, this drives uh, Quentin crazy because he now realizes there's no Lazarus pit. She's not coming back, and Quentin damn near breaks down. Which, of course, leads us to episode 19 yes. canary cry as the team including the rejoined felicity who finally decides to come back mourns laurel's death and tries to determine their next move against dark another woman posing as the black canary appears in star city she turns out to be a high prisoner named evelyn sharp whom oliver left behind after he saved his team when they were kidnapped by dark john angry at being betrayed by andy goes after Ruth, the new mayor but oliver intervenes Ruth issues arrest warrants for all vigilantes sharp goes after Ruth publicly but oliver is able to dissuade her from killing Ruth. meanwhile Quentin starts looking for ways to revive Laurel, but Oliver manages to dissuade him. At Laurel's funeral, Oliver reveals her as the Black Canary to preserve her image of the city. Afterwards, Oliver vows to find a way to defeat and kill Damien Dark. In flashbacks, Oliver and Laurel struggle to come to terms with Tommy Merlin's death. In the end, Oliver leaves Laurel to cope on her own and returns to Leon Yu. Yes. Which we all know happened. Yeah. I think it was the beginning of the second season, I think it was. Yeah, it was. Felicity and Diggle convinced him to come back. Yeah, because he felt guilty over Tommy's death because of the fact that he died in the glades during The Undertaking, I think it was called. Yeah. So that's one moment where we see a flashback that doesn't involve Oliver on the island. True. It involves the transition point between the end of season one and the beginning of season two. True. Which that was kind of cool. Yep. And then, of course, the whole issue with, uh, you know, Laurel's death. And I have two clips from the show, okay. from this episode. The first is Oliver speaking at Laurel's funeral. As I mentioned before, Oliver is a fantastic public speaker. Yes, he is. So here's the eulogy Oliver gives at Laurel's funeral. I don't think that's going to happen this time. How can you say that? 
our girls always come back to us, Quentin. Yeah, maybe before, but not this time. I'm sorry, Ty, but she's gone. She's never coming back. Mr. Queen has requested to say a few words. So, this doesn't seem right. Uh, I knew Laurel Lance for almost her entire life. She was my friend. And I loved her. Before she died, I was, I was lucky enough to hear her tell me that she loves me too. Laurel Lance became a lawyer to help people who may have appeared helpless. She wanted to give a voice to the silent. But just being a lawyer wasn't enough. She wanted to do more for those people and for this city. Because she loved this city so much. By now, everyone knows that Laurel was killed in the Iron Heights prison riot. And while it's true that she was an assistant district attorney, that's not what she was doing there that night. Before she died, Laurel told me the truth. Laurel Lance was the Black Canary. And for the past few days, I have had to sit and listen to people try and paint the Black Canary as a criminal. She was not a criminal. She was a hero. She was a hero in every way that a person can be. And if Laurel were here, I know that she would expect all of us to live up to the example that she set. She'd want us to save our city. that right there an amazing eulogy and it was smart because by revealing that laurel was the black canary yes it shows the black canary was in fact a hero yes and that way it allows both laurel's memory and sarah's memory because both of them had played the black canary yes and oliver was able to do it in a way that allowed it to reveal who the black canary was without revealing that he is the green arrow that was a really sad episode i have it say. was laura did come out of bed but she was upset then she became a patient she became a good person recovered from alcohol and then all of a sudden she died pretty horrible from damian dark yes damian dark was not a very nice person you think but of course yeah. after this when the funeral is over and you'll notice throughout the episode we've been seeing multiple flashbacks of this yes which has been oliver standing at a grave site yeah and then walking away and then felicity sitting in a car and saying you know what you have to do but the big question we've been having is who's in the casket who are they talking about who are we thinking about yeah we now find out it was laurel and here's the moment where felicity and oliver are sitting in a limo having an awkward conversation especially since they're not engaged to be married anymore. Yes. But here's still the top that happens. Are you okay? Are you? You know what you have to do, right? 
You have to kill this son of a bitch. I know. I don't know how. Because of his magic. His magic is too strong. I've seen it before. Back on the end, you... And it is not just magic. It's darkness. And whenever I have come up against it, I have gone nowhere. It... He feels unstoppable. I refuse to believe that. And I refuse to let you believe that. If Dark Winds Laurel died for nothing, I fell in love with you for many reasons, and one of those reasons is, is that you always find a way. And you have to find a way now. For Laurel. For the city. For all of us. That right there is Felicity's motivational speech that she gives towards the end. Because Oliver's trying to figure out how to stop Damien Dark. Because, like he said, he's the same amount of power that Dark has is the same thing that Ryder had when he was on the island. Yes. And he couldn't stop it then. So he's worried he may not be able to stop it now. Very true. So that's where he's stuck. But Felicity is still being that beacon of hope. Yes. Regardless of the fact that they're in insurmountable odds. And on that note, we are going to commence with episode 20, which is Genesis. Dark returns to Hyde and kills two of the board members before renewing their plans for Genesis. Oliver and Felicity go to Hub City and meet an immortal shaman, Fortuna, who starts educating Oliver about dark magic. After a mystical ritual, Fortuna tells Oliver that the darkness inside him is too strong to channel the light. In Star City, John locates Andy, but is captured after a brief shootout. Andy puts a tracking device on him, then allows John to escape so that Dark and his team can go after John and Lila and steal Rubicon, the key to the world's nuclear weapons. Oliver manages to stop Dark by channeling the power of light, nullifying Dark's powers and forcing him to retreat. John kills Andy. Meanwhile, Thea and Alex, who is working for Ruve now, go to an unknown city for vacation. She soon realizes that the city is atypical and finds out that Alex is using Dark's mind control pills. She is subdued by Dark's operatives and the city is revealed to be under Star City. The team realizes that Dark plans to detonate nuclear weapons and build a new world over the ashes. Hashtag cult. Not a cult, a fucking psychopath. Well, yeah, well, that's what cults believe in. They believe in, like, you know, making the world anew. That's why they have, like, the mass suicides with the Kool-Aid and shit. Yeah. They believe when we leave this earth, we'll go to a magical place. When the mothership comes for us, and we're going to be deleted. So now we realize that Oliver at first has a hard time channeling the light, but eventually he's able to, and now he realizes the dark is now done. Yes. Because the darkness and the light contradict each other. And then John has an awkward moment where he finally kills Andy. Yes. Because he realizes that if he doesn't kill Andy, his family will never be safe. And since Andy's already betrayed them, boom, takes him out. We finally see something like that where things finally go down. Yes. And after that, we move on to episode 21 here, which is Monument Point. Dark begins taking control of the world's nuclear missiles. The team seeks out Noah to help disable Rubicon. Dark sends Danny Brickwell and Mar to find and kill Noah, but Oliver and his team are able to rescue him. Noah agrees to help. 
but it requires a high-profile professor from Palmer Tech. Felicity learns that she has been fired as CEO and is unable to get the processor, forcing the team to break it and steal it. Hive locates the team when Noah hacks into Rubicon. As Hive attacks, Felicity and Noah shut down Rubicon and stop all the missiles but one, which launched and heads to Monument Point. Felicity only manages to redirect the Haven Rock, reducing the casualties to tens of thousands. Oliver and Diggle find Dark in the Star City Nexus Chamber, gathering more power from the deaths caused by the explosion. Meanwhile, in the underground city, Malcolm tells Thea it is designed to protect Dark and his chosen people from the nuclear apocalypse. Lonnie attacks the city and kills Alex. In flashbacks, Ryder escapes the cave-in, but Oliver and Tyena steal the idol back. The idol then begins to affect Tyena, so now she's becoming possessed by the power. So now Felicity is now fired as the CEO. Yes. So that means Palmer Tech no longer belongs to Felicity. Nope. So now they have to steal everything. And you see Felicity and her and her father bonding over, you know, the Rubicon hacking. Why? Because they're both good computer hackers. And then during this whole thing, Felicity realizes something that in a way makes Donna the bad guy. If you remember, because the whole story was that the father abandoned them, that they left them when they were younger. The truth is they didn't. Donna left him and took Felicity with her. So the father didn't walk out on them. She walked out on him and took the kid with her, which was fucked up shit. Yes. And this is the thing. That's one of the main reasons why I'm not sure I want to have kids. Because mm. I don't know where you get this idea in the head where it's like, I'm leaving you and I'm taking the kid and I'm like, and you think this is somehow okay? No, what man is going to let that happen? I don't know why women think I'm going to, I'm going to walk out of here. The kid's coming with me and he's not going to do anything about it. You live in a fucked up fantasy world. <laughs> what kind of sick, demented shit is this? And people wonder why men don't want to have kids. Like, I'm going to raise a kid. And then at one point, you're going to make a decision that I can't see him anymore? Yeah, that motivates me to want to be a parent. Seriously, I see so much of this fucked up shit happening that I question why anyone in 2016 gets married and has kids. <laughs> I question it every time. Like, why would, how is this still a thing? And I thought that was despicable on her part, especially when she lies about it. That just made me sick. But I, I found that irritating. But other than that, obviously, the episode itself was, you know, pretty good. Especially when Felicity has to redirect a missile to another city that has yeah. less people. So it's weird because even though more people would have died if she hadn't done that, it still kind of fucks with her head. And I think that one of the things they say in season five is that it starts to wear on her conscience. Yes. Like right now, she kind of stays focused for the other two episodes. She's keeping her head in the game to take care of Damien Dark. But apparently in season five, it's supposed to start messing with her psychologically. Yes. And uh, on that note, we're going to move on to episode 22. 22. Lost in the Flood. Lost in the Flood. His power grown exponentially. Dark attempts to reactivate Rubicon with the help of Felicity's former boyfriend, Cooper, and lost the remaining missiles. However, Noah, Felicity, and Curtis successfully shut down Rubicon for good. Meanwhile, Oliver and Diggle discover the underground town and track Thea's whereabouts. Malcolm uses a mind control drug on her, which makes her turn on Oliver. But Oliver manages to talk her back to reality. Just then, Machin takes over Hive's command center and threatens to destroy Dark's town. Oliver, Diggle, and Thea intercede, but the main power source gets ruptured and explodes, destroying the city. The town's evacuated, and Machin escapes, but not before killing Rue. Donna convinces Noah to leave and never come back. Dark decides to use Rubicon to destroy the whole Earth and shows up at Oliver's home, where Felicity, Don, and Curtis are. In flashbacks, the idol begins to slowly corrupt Tiana, feeding her ever more power from each soldier she and Oliver kill. Oliver takes the idol and tries to talk her down, but Ryder suddenly arrives and confronts them both. Yep. So... We see the power struggle internally with Tyena, as well as, you know, Cooper coming back into play. Mm -hmm. 
and Felicity trying to, you know, stop him from doing it because she realizes that that's why she's having a hard time dealing with the hacking device because it's her hacking device that she created. Yes. And she knows it's indestructible. So she has to find some way to override it. And then, of course, the moment where Machen destroys everything. Yes. And kills Ruth, which yep. let's be honest, no sympathy there. Nope. <laughs> Obviously, Damien is fucking pissed. Oh, yeah, yeah. But no one else is shedding a tear. <laughs> None of us are anyway. So, you know, obviously um, a lot of action packed. Please stop doing that. <laughs> and then we get to the last episode. Last episode. 23. Shism. Weird ass title, but it's called Shism. Dark steals the laptop, keeping him locked out of Rubicon and launches over 15,000 nuclear missiles, giving the team two hours to prevent worldwide annihilation. With Star City citizens rioting, Oliver addresses everyone directly, inspiring hope in them to stay strong. While Felicity and Curtis divert the missile aimed at Star City. Oliver goes after Dark with Felicity, Merlin, and Thea track down Rubicon. Felicity convinces Cooper to stop helping Dark at the cost of his life. Curtis devises a means to stop the missiles. Oliver is able to notify Dark's powers with the hope he inspired throughout the city. They give him the light. While the citizens of Star City take on Dark's remaining men, Oliver duels and kills Dark. Afterward, Thea, Diggle, and Lance, who gets fired from SCPD, leave the town for new lives. And the city council appoints Oliver as the interim mayor. In flashbacks, Oliver and Tyena manage to kill Ryder. She then convinces him to kill her when she is unable to escape the darkness within. Oliver radios Waller to arrest the rest of the prisoners and keep the idol safe, intending to go to Russia to meet Tyena's family, as he promised. Because that was another thing they didn't mention. One of the promises they each made to each other mm -hmm. was that if Tyena died on the island, Oliver had to go to Russia, find her family, and tell her what happened. Yes. And Tyena promised if Oliver didn't make it off the island, she would go to Starling City and tell the Queens what happened. Yes. And they made that promise. So now they said, you can now go anywhere you want. And he said, well, obviously I want to go home. Yes. But first I have to go to Russia yes. because I have a promise to keep. So in season five, we can expect a lot of flashbacks of him going to Russia. Yes. And chances are he's going to be telling her family what happened. Mm -hmm. There might be that awkward moment where he goes, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, about your son. Uh, <laughs> he attacked me in the lake and I kind of had to break his neck. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And then, of course, you know what happens when Oliver's going to get to Russia. Mm. There's going to be some fucked up shit that happens mm -hmm. to him there. He's going to get attacked in Russia. Yes. There's going to be fights in Russia. I can predict that for season five. Yep. And of course, uh, in addition to all of this, Lance gets fired from SCPD. Yes, he does. Because of the fact that he was, in fact, involved in all this, mm -hmm. but sacrificed career. So now they all decide to leave. Diggle, you know, Diggle's taking Lila and they're going away. Thea's going to move on to, to find herself. Oliver's appointed mayor. I don't know where Felicity goes. I don't remember either. Felicity didn't really say anything, but Oliver becomes the interim mayor. Yep. Until an election can happen. I doubt there's going to be one, especially with Oliver helping the city. They're probably just going to let that happen. But anyway, I have two clips from the last episode, and I'm going to play these before we wrap up. The first is Oliver's the inspirational speech yes. that he gave at the end of the show yes. when everybody was rioting and freaking out. Here's Oliver helping the city. Yep. <laughs> I know what you're feeling right now. I'm feeling it too. The sense of, of helplessness, of hopelessness. I don't know how we even begin 
to process what might happen to us right now. But there are a few things that I do know. I know that this city has been through tough times before and we have pulled through. We survived the undertaking. We survived the siege. We survived the outbreak. And somehow, some way, we will survive this. A friend of mine told me that living in Star City takes a special kind of tenacity. But we do live here. Because this is our home. This is our home. It is our friends, our family, our lives. And we will not, we will not throw those precious gifts away by descending into chaos. We will look to each other for hope. We will cling to each other for strength. And if we do that, no matter what happens, then we can all stand here united. Well, well, sounds to me like that's a man who could probably have a permanent position as mayor. Yep. I doubt anyone would beat him in a mayoral position after that. Not. Probably be tough. Very tough. Damn near impossible. Impossible. But one thing that we found out isn't impossible hmm. is killing Damien Dark, which now we're going to play the last clip for you guys, and then we're going to wrap this show up. But here is Oliver in the final battle with Damien Dark. She's safe, but I had to come back and stay on my city because this Oliver Queen guy gives a hell of a speech. You two were supposed to stay as backup. Already lost one brother. You two put down the ghost, you keep people safe. What about Dark? Dark's mine. And 
in that moment, the battle was over. Battle was over. Hell of a fight right there. Badass. Arrow, Damien, Dark, and the entire city just rising up. Against his little army. Yeah. And they were deleted. And of course, that was the conclusion of season four. Which means it is now time for us to wrap up this week's episode of the Boochcast. But before we officially do, uh, since I got some time here, I'll uh, make a few announcements before we officially wrap up. First off, obviously, as you know, these last four seasons of Arrow that I've been putting out, the season one and two review from two weeks ago, the season three interview from last week, and the season four interview that came out today— have all been re-edited and remastered from YouTube. I pulled these off the YouTube videos and cut them and remastered them. That's why some things sound a little off as far as audio quality. And obviously I put the clips back in in a different way so they would sound better. So obviously this is a much cleaner version of the review than what you would hear if you were on the YouTube episodes. Also, Zach was very new to the show back then. That's why his reading was not up to par he was you know stammering a lot that's why I had to do a lot of editing if you saw the unedited versions of these reviews you know that I really 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 (laughs) helped Zach out a great deal with these so I was cutting and remastering to fix a few things so I hope you enjoyed them but obviously there will be no season 5 review coming out here on the Boochcast and the reason for that is because we did season 5 on a YouTube video So what I'm going to do is on the BoochCast Facebook page and the BoochCast Twitter page. So if you're following both pages, you will find this video. I am going to post the Season 5 video. Now, at the time that I'm sitting here recording this, I am considering whether or not to put the Season 5 video on Spotify since I've heard that Spotify can do videos. But there's a strong chance I'm probably not going to do that. I'm thinking about it. So obviously at the time that I am sitting here in the studio recording this particular part of this review in this episode, I have a few months to figure out whether or not I'm actually going to do that. But either way, the season five video will be available in some capacity, whether I put it on Spotify or whether I just take the video and put it on the Facebook page and you guys check it out there. Either way, I will be figuring this out and I will be sending this information out to you guys. Now, as far as six, seven, and eight go, those will definitely be available here on the podcast platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, since they were all done in audio capacity. Now, the reason that season five did not was because at the time that we were reviewing season five, we were supposed to do it live during a Blog Talk Radio episode. And there's no YouTube uh, clips of this. But we had a bunch of callers that were that were calling in that were causing disruption on the show. One guy in particular who we were convinced was Prank Fallen calling us. And finally we had to shut that down. Then Gator was late on a couple of segments he was supposed to do. And just the whole episode went into chaos. And because Zach was at the house and he was on very borrowed time. And I didn't want to go through the whole Blah Talk episode again. I just said fuck it. And Zach and I made a YouTube video doing season season five of Arrow and I put it out on my personal YouTube page because at the time that we did this the Boochcast did not have a YouTube channel therefore I did not have it on the YouTube channel now if you go to the front page of the YouTube channel you'll see on a playlist that features the season five Arrow review so it's right there on the front page you can click it check it out and hear what Zach and I had to say about 
season five of Arrow. But that's why I'm not going to put in an audio clip here because I don't want to mess up that video there. I'd rather have people go check out the video. But season six, seven, and eight will definitely be coming out. And season six will either be coming out next week or will be coming out the week after, depending on whether or not I put the season five review on Spotify. Obviously, if I schedule it for next week, then six, seven, and eight will follow. If I don't, then six will come out next week, seven will come out the week after that, eight will come out the week after that. And like I said before, you'll be able to see season five on the Facebook and the Twitter pages, which you can find at the Boochcast. And on that note, we'll officially wrap up the show. So make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Like I said, be on the lookout for the Arrow Season 5 video coming up on there. There's a good chance it will be on there, so make sure you guys check that out before you check out the Season 6 review. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. The Season 5 review will also be available on the Twitter page, so make sure you check that out. And of course, visit our YouTube channel for all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. As I mentioned before, on the playlist, you can scroll down. You will see the Arrow Season 5 video in one of the playlists. Click it. Check it out. It's awesome. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. We'll be getting together for the biggest party of the summer. Join us on Twitch for all the action. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and a special project in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. And our third and final level, which is $9.99, $10 per month. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment, we use it to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe there's going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.